Welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast. Each week, we will take you inside the brightest minds of the most highly regarded executives in the world of enterprise-level revenue operations, marketing, and sales with a focus on the future while creating successful wins today. Now, here's your host, Justin Michael. Welcome back to Vendor Neutral in the Neutral Zone, Quantum Leap. I'm Justin Michael, your intrepid host, and I'm joined by Tamara Shank, who is a thought leader and enablement expert. And we want to talk about the future of technology, enablement, and humanizing these processes in an AI world. Uh, welcome to the show, Tamara. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to speak with you. I've been following your work for a decade and uh, help us get up to speed on what you've been working on and where enablement's going. Like, let's just uh, get this party started. Yeah, so I think it's, uh, it's a very interesting time for enablement right now. So we're all coming out of a COVID-focused year and are going into a new decade. So it's, it's interesting for me as I learned um, in the past roles I had, you know, uh, I did enablement at T-Systems, you know, coming from a program to an initiative to a global role on a VP level. Then um, I became an analyst for CSO Insights for the next couple of years. So I changed the perspective from actually doing it and building it to observing it and seeing what's going on in the industry. And as I now have um, a strategic advisor role for Showpad, I look at this from a vendor perspective. And I, as I'm co-founding consultancy together with Lee Bartlett, so I'm also getting into this more individual consulting perspective and so bringing this all together. So what I, what I see now, we have a tremendous techno technology shift. I mean, the digital transformation is going on fast paced. So, and I mean, COVID has amplified all of this. So I think what's more important than ever is that we don't lose the human component, especially in complex selling scenarios. So we cannot automate everything, but we should take smart advantage um, of technology, but, you know, really developing human skills that are really relevant to orchestrate big buying teams. I think that's uh, actually more important than ever as we work uh, in a remote world right now. Yeah, I think people struggle with how to get started. You know, they, there's all these new enablement platforms. We're seeing this confluence. Um, revenue operations is happening, which is sort of marketing operations and sales operations. There's not much written about it. There's now, um, sales enablement societies, collectives. I think it's been tremendous progress of even defining this category and you've been a part of that. Um, how can people you know, get involved in building an effective sales enablement, um, enablement discipline in their company? I often find that these novel things that we're doing, it's like one person, you know, they don't wanna invest in the team. It's, you know, oh, they, they do enablement too. You know, it's a, how, do you, how do you make it yeah. core of an organization? Yeah, so that's funny. So one of the imperatives really is if you're for an organization, if you want to see 
and impact of your investments and enablement, you have to set it up the right way from the very beginning. So I mean, actually to putting a program underneath of two other sub functions, that's a recipe for failure. So it really, what, what's so often missing is the connection of the enablement initiative to the company's business strategy and sales strategy. So if there is a disconnect by design, simply because you're saying, okay, we just do a few programs over here, so then you don't set yourself up for success. So what I always encourage people um, in, in organizations to help with is really look at the main problem enablement should solve for you and how would you measure it at the end of the day. So that's one thing to set it really up the right way because I mean, you've probably seen me writing or saying or talking about a sales enablement charter or business plan a lot. So, and this is really a process from understanding the business challenges, the sales strategy, the go-to-market strategy, and really being focused on what are the actual, the actual challenges the sales force has to deal with, and then setting up an initiative to help with that in a very focused way, rather than, okay, we throw a piece of technology over here, <laughs> and that would sort itself. But there's this critical dependency, we really have to have a very focused, tailored initiative, and then we leverage technology the right way. Right. So this is vendor neutral. So we try to get away from actually saying the brand names, but can you talk to me about families of technology? So it's like this type of platforms, and then maybe um, interested also in artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning type stuff. But the beauty of this episode is really to talk about how you know, ineffective all that tooling is if you don't nail the human to human components. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to approach both. I want to yeah. ask you about where technologists are getting it right, but then I also want to ask you about what to do before you implement that to get yeah. the process. Um, just getting your your thoughts on that. I know we have people, process, technology, we have enablement. Yeah. And you've got it, you, I'm sure you're tracking all these technologies. Um, it's, it's kind of a multifaceted question, but I just want to listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where do we start with this? So what I experienced, especially over the last couple of months is that organizations have invested in really, really smart technology platforms, but they don't use it the right way. Because they invested in the technology, but not in the same way in how to conceptually leverage the technology and also not in a way of what are actually the skills we need to build and develop so that people can really take advantage of the technology. So if I look at these things in, 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 in some companies, it's really, we, we are overrun by technology but people then don't really understand how to leverage it in the best way. And if there is not a proper sales stack and basically for salespeople, then they have to deal with, oh, this is, this is tool number 20. I just had to deal with 19 others. So then that is probably not the way to deal with it. So, I mean, integration is I think more important than ever smart integration along the buyer's journey, which brings us back again to the human component of it. We have to center everything we do backwards from the buyer's journey. I mean, they decide when they want to engage with customer facing roles. Um, it's their decision. They decide how they want to engage um, with selling organizations. 
Um, so we really have to have this as a as the baseline, and then actually in a two phased approach, and then to say, okay, what are the specific selling challenges we're having in this organization right here, and then align this to the buyer journey. So this is this is something that's not that easy to do all the time, and it's not done by you know by just creating a program over here and just roll this out and hope it will stick. So we really need an integrated approach that engage empowers people along along this buyer's journey. And then leveraging smart technologies is great, of course. Yeah, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on things like guided selling or, you know, how CRM is supporting enablement. Um, are you are you consulting with companies on their tech stacks? Are you helping them to figure out these processes? I'm curious how you're, you know, kind of getting tactical for a second, how you're helping them build out these strategies. Yeah, let, let's take the guided selling as an example. So, I mean, there is the idea of playbooks and of guided selling, and there are a couple of, of uh, different uh, definitions out there. So what I learned in, in, in my career back, so it is getting familiar with a kind of script to be able to model conversations to train conversations. And this is where the training and the coaching part comes together. This is where the sales manager involvement is so very critical. And of course you can leverage technology um, to do this with video and, and recordings and things like this and get analyzed. And are you talking too much or do you talk features and functions or, or not? But this preparation is really important. And when a, a playbook approach or a guided selling approach can help you with and technology can guide you through different steps that's great but what i see is very important the human aspect has to be the leading element at the end of the day and when i have really a lot of practice with this the end of the day i don't even need the guided approach that much but it was very important to learn and to practice and then you know, perfect practice makes perfect in in delivering and creating these conversations that lead to the customer experience you want to create. I think this is where we, we have to focus a lot more on just implementing a solution or a concept and really see, okay, how do we enable, um, for instance, the sales managers to coach along those lines so that we really drive adoption, really move the needle at the end of the day. So training is something that's more the initial thing of it. And even if you implemented a guided selling approach or something like this, but sales managers have to pick that up and have to work with it and coach their people along those lines. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of people now interested in the field of enablement. How, how, do, you enablement the, how do you enable the enablement teams is a tongue but um, right like Eli Cohen has put out a really cool set of books and technology and I am curious like how the sales enablement professionals of tomorrow start getting into this um, who are the thought leaders the blogs the books or what, what should they be thinking about um, to become knowledgeable in this area I mean you've done an amazing job you know leading the industry in this um, what advice do you have yeah, so I think, uh, of course, there are books out there. My own is, <laughs> is also on the market. It's definitely a good idea, and and Eli's book as well. So there are it, it, it's there are great resources out there. Um, also, um, this you know, the associations we have out there, the society, things like that. So really, 
having conversations about the challenge often helps to discover what the actual problem in your own organization really is. So that's definitely an issue. But then I think it's at the same time, it's very important then to go back to your own situation, say, okay, what is really the challenge we have to solve here in this organization right now? And that means we have to tailor the approach. So I'm a big fan of learning principles and then adapt them to the actual situation. This is to me a bit the difference between rules and principles. So a rule is a very strict thing. You do this, you do that. And then this is the next step. But the principle is more really understanding the why. Why are we doing this? Why do I need a business plan for enablement? Why do I need to make sure that I meet my stakeholders' expectations, that I impact their KPIs in a positive way? Why I need to make sure that this is happening? Because I need their buy-in. I need to make them successful. Then they can help me to be successful in that world. So these are all imperatives we've seen in the data over many years that are really important. And that only can be done within the own organization. And that means I have to apply these principles. You know, usually, uh, do you know how to cook a risotto? I don't. I'm the, I'm the world's worst cook. <laughs> I'm a good talker, but I'm uh, <laughs> So <laughs> this is something I like to cook, just to give you an idea. So I know the principles. I need olive oil. Um, onions and garlic and the specific rice. And then I stir all of this. I put the vegetable broth in it. I, I stir it the right way. And then I can add different kinds of vegetables and others will add fish or something else. And then you, you have your cheese at the end of the day. So if I understand the principles of how to do it, I can adapt it to different situations. I think this is really what's important for enablement uh, leaders or for professionals in that role, really learning the principles and therefore there are great resources out there and to say, okay, what does it mean now in my situation? How can I um, adapt this here in the right way? So this is where we have to, to get to and this is where critical thinking, strategic thinking and really developing these human skills are very important because this approach cannot be automated. If you have created this approach and this strategy, then you go out and say, okay, how can I leverage technology in the best way to help me to achieve these goals I've just put down? That's a great point. I mean, well, I guess the big question is, what are the outcomes? What is the return on investment of considering enablement in the enterprise, in your organization? because um, I worked for some huge companies and we had enablement and we had training. I don't think it was this sophisticated. This is you know 10 years ago. And you'd basically go back to the headquarters and some of the cool managers had books like, oh, here's a Franklin Co Covey, like four disciplines of execution. Like there was like a little book share, you know, people mm -hmm. would enable each other with books. And it was kind of cool in old world in a way, but there was no tracking of who was learning what. And we were all just sort of, enablement was just like a book club. You know, <laughs> what's interesting is like the top sellers and sales managers were big readers and we all applied it, but it wasn't formalized or mm -hmm. controlled. What about the other people learning a different way? Like that kind of process that's ad hoc leaves people behind. So um, I'm interested in um, uh, codification of a process, tracking that process through technology. And of course, why? Like what's is it that we have more sales, less attrition because people like their job more, um, they're subject matter experts. I mean, I'm looking for intrinsic and extrinsic values, not just, you know, 
the revenue goes up, which is good to know too, but <laughs> like what, you know, you're, you've dedicated a career to enablement thought leadership. What can it do for the modern organization who will go further in this direction in, in 2021 and beyond? I think it's really focusing on, on this holistic approach and also connect the enablement initiative actually to the why of the company, to the purpose of the company. If you look at intrinsic motivation, and, and extrinsic motivation, things like that. So what is it really, what inspires the person in that organization to create value for their clients, for the organization? What, what, is, what is the big why um, in that organization? And, and that is, you know, you, know, you are a, a long time in a CRM world. So why do CRM initiatives fail? So we put technology out there and we say, you know, we have to increase productivity by X percent. I mean, is, is this inspiring? It's probably not. Is there a bigger purpose behind people connect their hearts and minds to? Probably not. But if we say we want to create, you know, an amazing experience for our buyers by using this product or applying you know, what we deliver, uh, applying our services, it, that creates a, a, a very different why, this bigger story and connecting the initiative to that and helping people to work on that purpose, on that why, so that connects people a lot better and, and also helps in, in, in terms of retention. And then, um, of course, at the end of the day, you look at revenue numbers, you also look at customer experience, and I think they will become more and more important because the customer experience at the end of the day leads to revenue, to ongoing revenue and profit. So I think really focusing on what makes that difference, how can we create as customer facing professionals the best experience, the best buying experience, I think that should really be a key focus and I think it will become even more important. Yeah, so I feel like I can say openly, I had a great experience with enablement at LinkedIn at Salesforce. They brought in sales trainers. There was group studies. There was technology. I mean, it was a it was a dream in a lot of ways. I think they really get this right, and it's it's fair to say, um, you know. And it was it was fun. I asked about it like in the interview, like, "What's the enablement?" Like, we're gonna you're gonna have tons of enablement, you know. And like, <laughs> I just love the word because I was like, "Well, there's training and there's enablement." Uh, are those the same thing? How, how do those, you know, fit together? Is that a semantic thing? Is, you know, is enablement the philosophy and then training is the, the tactical or, I mean, now we're talking linguistics, but I'm really curious because I feel like yeah. some companies have training, but they don't have enablement. Yeah. It's and I was call it education. So enablement actually came from two directions. So one direction was hey, I have to get my content chaos sorted in one way or another, then it usually when an enablement came out of a marketing initiative. So, and then this is what, where I started at, at T-System. It was a product management marketing initiative is that we have content at 35 different places. Nobody's using it. So everyone is doing their own thing. So we have to fix that. So we brought in one platform. We get all the content organized, assessed, we implement it collaboration processes, content management process, and all of this to get this started. And then you see ultimately, okay, content can only do so much. So we are actually disconnected from the training side of, of the company and we learn, okay, what are they actually doing? And there were the inconsistencies. And then you come to a more mature enablement approach. You connect the dots between content and training. And then you see usually as a next step 
if our sales managers don't coach along those lines, we will never move the needle as best as we can. And then there are other organizations, they take an aim from the training perspective. They come from a learning and development or corporate academy point of view or have a sales training unit and they rename that into enablement and come from that perspective and then they will see that they have to get connected to the content side of things. So a holistic, more mature enablement discipline has content training and coaching integrated, but you don't start there. So you really have to go through the steps from whatever direction you're coming. That's how I would yeah. see that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think about a lot of the outcomes, like what are the goals of the organization, right? Maximizing shareholder value. Maybe it's net promoter score. Maybe it's, it's really this age of the customer where we can get closer to the customer. So if we can enable uh, the revenue teams, they can, you know, they can care more and they could serve the customer better, be more human, have more empathy. Um, how do we move from this environment where it's so metrics based? I mean, it's been a heck of a wake up call in COVID because suddenly, you know, reply rates have changed, the pipelines look wonky, like all the ways that the, uh, the measurement worked has had to change quotas and territories are redrawn. And so um, I, it's probably gonna have an impact on enablement. Can you talk about remote enablement and what the KPI should be now in the pandemic and with the surge of, uh, you know, forced technology transformation. Yeah, so I mean, measuring enablement impact has always been a really challenging discipline. <laughs> so that's for sure, because there are so many different things that impact the results of a sales force at the end of the day. I mean, there is there are the buyers, there's the market, the industries, the environment, and you have a pandemic and you have a new crisis next morning. And then you have a lot of initiatives that are going on internally in an organization. So it's really hard to to say this was the one initiative that led to this specific metric. But what you can do and what I always encourage enabled leaders to do is look at the lagging indicators that matters for your stakeholders and then break that down to leading indicators. You can definitely impact in a positive way and focus on that directly. So what you can do, let's say you, you have a guided selling initiative you just mentioned, or you have a value messaging campaign, you implement a new playbook, whatever it is, then you can definitely work with your sales teams and managers to say, okay, these are our leading indicators, let's say conversion rates by volume, value, velocity right now, then we do this initiative, we help managers to coach along those lines, and then we simply measure these leading indicators in the next couple of weeks and months, and then you see, okay, do we move the needle? Do we get better at that? Yes or no. If not, you adjust it right away. But if you do, you can definitely say we have a positive impact then on the resulting lagging indicators. So I think especially the longer the sales cycles are, the more important it is to focus enablement on leading indicators early on. You can't wait nine months to say, oh, it's probably didn't work out that way. Um, so this is really very important to narrow it down to what are the leading indicators we can impact in a positive way. How do we measure that and how do we then connect that back to, to the lagging indicators that matters most? Talk to me this. So I get excited. I've heard Tamara Shank, I'm ready to put enablement into my organization. Organization says, not now, next quarter, it's COVID. We're not ready. We should like, how do we 
you know, become champions of enablement and push mm-hmm. these initiatives through. I'm sure you've worked uh, over the years with mm-hmm. helping, you know, yeah. ragtag bands of believers turn this from a disruptive idea into um, a best practice, which it has become. But yeah. it's kind of crazy. Some technologies that seem like sequencers or uh, sales engagement platforms, only 15% of high growth companies even use that, right? Mm-hmm. That's they're kind of where CRM was, where you have the curve of adoption. So you know, some people hearing this go, yeah, or we got enablement covered. And other people are kind of worried or scared or concerned, like, not right now. We have so many things, but someone's going to hear this and go push the issue in their company. What do they do? Like, how, how can we empower them? And how have you seen an effective change management progression to get the enablement thing funded or get the C-levels excited about it? Yeah, so that, that's one of the key things of the key imperatives is really getting senior executive buy-in um, for enablement. And one of the barriers usually is that executives assume sales enablement is a new thing. They do everything. Uh, they collect a lot of things under their umbrella. It's a new thing. And I already have five other initiatives and I can't do this right now. So it, um, what often helped um, and had a couple of client situations on that is really bringing them together and say, okay, what is actually the landscape of initiative you're having? And you do, there are usually two, two types. One is we have a very big customer experience initiative going on. So then it's a great way to connect sales enablement in a more holistic way to that initiative to say actually they are not competing. So they actually work um, in the same spirit one way to do it and then now especially um, um, with COVID it's the digital transformation initiative beats everything then also here I would focus on a, on a strategic alignment to bring the enablement initiative into this overarching digital transformation initiative because then enablement can become the engine to orchestrate everything um, in the sales space when it comes to digital transformation you can do it via this enablement engine. So again, it comes back to what are the real problems we want to solve here and what initiatives do we have and then really tailor the enablement engine in the, in, in the right way and set it up the right way. And um, as we move toward the end of the episode, walk me through a case study if you can, you know, change the names to protect the innocent. So, you know, like someone in the FinTech, who have you worked with? Talk me through when this has worked. When you, you know, I'm, I'm not... Um, you know, I'm, I'm promoting a, a, like a use case or a case study. It could be one you champion. It could be one you're aware of, but before, after picture, but just, yeah, I mean, we want to like, okay, that's great. Like, tell me a story about a company that did this and the before and after you could have been involved or just read about it uh, or just trends. But I, I would really love to hear about the uh, real world. Like, you know, how, how is it? Yeah, it's maybe it? just um, the one story um, we work with an organization where a the learning and development leader really had the bigger picture. I, I need this bigger enablement picture. I need um, a full-blown enablement initiative, but I can't get to this right now because my C-level thinks we have enough initiatives already. So how can we? How can we do this? And then we finally got to a to um, a bigger workshop where we had, you know, the, the CEO the CMO and, and the sales leader and, and the enablement leader in the room. And the conversation we were having was about what is enablement in the first place? What is the problem you want to solve? What is your top priority right now? 
and then we could we could have this conversation around okay enablement is actually orchestrating a lot of activities you're already having going on in your organization but in different silos so enablement is actually orchestrating all these things along the customer journey it's not a new thing you put on top of it it's an engine you use to orchestrate things that are probably not working so very well right now. So it actually connects very well to an initiative you have already going on. In that case, it was a bigger customer experience thing. So then we connected the dots between sales enablement and then to the customer experience side of things. And then it, it was a lot about getting the getting the wrong assumption out of the way what it is it's something new it has everything on top of things and we make it more complicated and it than it already is i mean the opposite is the case and it brings this orchestrating element of enablement into the place so the main challenge of enablement leaders is to orchestrate across functions along the prior journey and actually working against the silo culture that are already in there but orchestrating um along the buyer's journey so once this mind shift has happened, then it was much easier to get this discipline, this discipline, this initiative started and, and set up the right way. I'd love to know what are you most excited about in enablement this year? Because I want a silver lining. I want to get excited about things. You know, there's a lot to be, there's a lot of, you know, stress and dark storm clouds, a little silver linings playbook. And, uh, yeah, so enabling actually helping enablement leaders to do all the right concepts and strategies and frameworks and all of this, but also to help them to grow personally, to really, you know, upgrade their inner skills as well, not only upgrade other people's skills, but also upgrade their inner skills as well, really to grow with that role so to become the best version of themselves. And do you do that with e-learning and training? Do you do this within you know, like I've seen a renaissance lately. Like I, I noticed that, you know, LinkedIn acquired lynda.com, which is down the street here uh, in Santa Barbara. And it's almost, you know, prescient, you know, it's, it's uh, clairvoyant because now because of C19, I've just felt like there's been an explosion of self-paced training courses at the universities like MIT, Harvard, Stanford are putting out all these extension programs. You go back to school, people have a little more time because they're not caught on trains, planes. Um, and I, where, how you, you mentioned to become more human. Is that a mindset shift? Obviously they need to read your book, but is there, are there courses? Are there places to go? Um, yeah. So I think in a few months, I can tell a lot more about that and how to do it. Um, yeah. But you know, the mindset shift is a thing. It's, it's more than just the mind. So if we have thought forms going on and belief systems that simply don't work for us, uh, it's simple to say oh, it is just a mindset shift. You just have to think differently. I mean, if it was that simple, everyone would do it and you wouldn't have a challenge with it. So it, it's helpful to have some clearing work done and to really let the things go. And then also to build, to build the energy and the energy frequency and the beliefs you really need to be excellent in that role. I love it. Um, well, this has been an amazing uh, episode. How do people find you? And uh, I know it's like, well, included in the episode, you have so many different uh, roles and ways that you interface with the greater. Yeah, the best way is to, to go to LinkedIn, connect yeah. with me, and also to find me on Twitter. 
Awesome. Well, I guess my, the last thing I like to ask people, it's fun, is what's your favorite quote or inspirational, <laughs> motivational saying? I like It helps me understand how people tick. Now, I guess some people don't have a favorite quote. So <laughs> if you have a favorite saying or quote, it can be related or disrelated. It's just kind of fun. Two things. One is think advantage. Whatever comes, think advantage. The other one is uh, I will greet this day with love in my heart. I love it. Thanks, Tamara. I really appreciate you being on the Quantum Leap. I'm going to go jump in my time <laughs> Thanks machine. so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, I would love to have you on again. Thanks for listening to the Quantum Leap Podcast. Be sure to visit VendorNeutral.com where you can access the show notes, discover many valuable free resources, and subscribe to the podcast.